0: Welcome. This is the CGMI Living Springs Gospel Podcast. Stay tuned as you listen to the Word of God. Forgiveness, a Christian essential. What is forgiveness? Forgiveness, a Christian what? Can you help me tell your neighbor, forgiveness, a Christian essential. Help me turn to the next neighbor and say, forgiveness, a Christian's essential. So what is forgiveness? Hello? Hello? Aha. If you know the way I, I, I do my things, I don't preach at you. So we're going to have a conversation. We're going to talk. What is forgiveness? Anybody? Check your dictionaries. Check your dictionaries. What is forgiveness? Or what does the dictionary describe as forgiveness? Alright, Sister Dami, thank you. Okay. It's a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment, of vengeance, toward a person or or group who has harmed you, regardless of whether they deserve it or not. Did you hear that? Or should she read it again? And maybe this time take it a bit more, a bit, you know, just slowly. That's not the Bible. I'm surprised. Are you? (laughs) That's not the Bible because you see, a lot of times we are quick to criticize God. He said I should forgive. Does he know how it paints? <laughs> if you know what this person did, is that not what we say? But this is the human standard dictionary, not God. Now, just the regular dictionary, meaning, you know, a dictionary is a is a compendium of um, uh, definitions and guides on things on how the world is or how you should abide by. Am I correct? So from the dictionary, let's hear again what the meaning of the uh, forgiveness is. Please my dear. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Forgiveness is a conscious. Conscious. Deliberate decision. Deliberate decision. To release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or a group who has harmed you, regardless of whether they deserve it or not. Mm. Whether they deserve it, thank you. Because I've heard a lot of us say, ah, this person does not deserve. Is it not true? We say it. And some of us say with our full chest, ah, I will never forgive this person. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Many of you don't like my message today, right? (laughs) Ah, this person, what this person has done is X, Y, and Z. And you know the interesting thing? A hundred percent of the time, we are correct. Hello? A hundred percent of the time, we are what? We're correct about the actions or inactions of the other person. A hundred percent of the time, we are well justified to hold a grudge. We are well justified to hold something against the other person. We are well justified to be hurt and to be what? To be beaten down or betrayed. Are you with me? Church, are you with me this morning? So forgiveness doesn't mean you are not hot. Hello? Forgiveness doesn't mean you are not what? It doesn't mean you are not having the feelings of betrayal. It doesn't mean that someone has not done something wrong to you. But the last part of the dictionary says what? Whether they do what? Help me look at your neighbor. Say neighbor. Look at them with one corner eye. Say neighbor. I know that person did not deserve it. But you have to forgive. It doesn't sound nice, right? Because I'm sure you are just relieving and playing in your mind the action movie that happened. How the person hurt you. How the person betrayed you. What the person said. Ah! Me! How dare this person say such? Praise the Lord. How dare This person, why should this person say A, B, or C? One of the first things I'm going to establish about forgiveness is this. Forgiveness is not memory loss. Hallelujah. Forgiveness is not what? Help me preach to your neighbor. You help me preach today. Eh? Help me talk to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, now me and you today. Forgiveness is not memory loss. Some of you think, ah, to forgive, I will just forget about it. So a lot of the time, some of us actually try to do it. We say we're forgiven. And guess what? We just try to forget that person and everything that concerns that person. Do you know when or how you know you are not forgiven? Maybe after 10 years you meet that person. By mistake, Hey, Pastor, please come. Maybe you are just jet on your own in the office or somewhere or a crowded place could be the market, right? And you're just going and he's going and all of a sudden, someone touches you and you're like, Ah, okay. You. What happens at those moments? You discover that for the first minute you freeze, and everything you thought you had forgotten... Does what? Comes back rushing... And from the head... From your head to your toe... Though you are black... You are flushing red... Are you with me? And then you look at him... And you are like... Oh my God... You know those movies where... They try to... Play what you are thinking in your mind... You get out of your body... And you strangled him dead before you remember that, I thought I had gotten away from you. Why? All the feelings of hate, of anger, of frustration, just does what in one moment rushes back. And you are just, God hold me from committing murder. Thank you, Pastor. Guess what? If you ever have such feelings against anybody, regardless of who they are, whether they're your ex, whether they almost used you for rituals or whatever, eh? after a period of time, you have not forgiven. Tell me to that neighbor. Say, neighbor, neighbor, is there anybody like that? Hallelujah. So guess what? Forgiveness is not memory loss. It's not trying hard to forget what they have done. And you see, for us to really talk about forgiveness or going into the teaching of forgiveness, first of all, let's introduce you to unforgiveness. Hallelujah. Unforgiveness. So, what is unforgiveness? So, if I want to read that definition backwards, it's simply unforgiveness. It's when someone has hurt you and you are ready for them. You are ready to deal with them. You are ready to hold the grudge. You are ready to Put them in your heart. Create one special dungeon in your heart for them and lock them up there and throw away the keys. Hallelujah. You see, unforgiveness, the Bible used a, a very interesting scenario or a story to actually portray this. And we're very familiar with the story. The Bible talked about two servants. And it said one of them had his family. He had a master. They both had their masters. And this guy was a perpetual debtor. He kept borrowing from his master and borrowing to the extent where he could no longer pay. And really, even if his entire family was sold, if his entire family were sold, he still would not be able to pay. And then the master was reconciling and said they should call this guy to him, that, oh boy, what's wrong with you? You have so much debt. Why have you not paid? And the Bible says he fell down on his knees to the master and said, Please do what? Forgive me. Give me a little time and I will do what? I will pay back. I don't have the money. And the Bible says the master took pity on him and did what? Forgave him everything he owed. The master said, don't worry, just go. I have forgiven. And the Bible says, this man went out rejoicing. He was so happy that what the master had done what forgiven him. And immediately he stepped out. He saw somebody who was owing him one small lunch money. And he said, guy, I paid for your lunch some days ago. Where's my money? And the same thing, the guy fell down on his knees and begged him and told him, please pardon me. Give me some time to do what? To repay. But he said, no, you? How dare you? The Bible says he took him, bundled him and did what? threw him into the prison. He forgot that he was just forgiven. Are you with me? He justified the fact that, oh, this guy had deprived me of lunch and so he dealt with him and threw him to the prison. He justified himself by saying, oh, this person has cost me so much heart." Or things I could have used this money for. Which I could no longer use it for. And he beat him up and did what? Threw him to the prison. And the Bible says that when the other servants who were around saw what had happened. They went back to the master and did what? Reported to the master. If it was you, what would you do? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus gave us that story or gave us that example to make us understand that we have first been forgiven by God. We have first been forgiven by God Almighty our sins and everything. We came to God and we asked God, Father, forgive me. If there's anybody here that has never asked God for forgiveness at one time or the other, please let me see your hands up. You've never asked God for forgiveness. Okay. Interesting. So it means you've asked God for forgiveness several times. Am I correct? How did you know God had forgiven you? Hello? Let me ask your neighbor, how did you know God has forgiven you? Answer. You know, my own Christianity, I like to be very practical. I don't like doing church things. I like to screw you and be sure that you know what you are saying about or what you are talking about. So how did you know God has forgiven you? Anybody? It's very simple now. Let me look at the neighbor again with corner eye. Say, neighbor... Are you sure God has forgiven you? What did they say? How did you know? Huh? Anybody? Okay. Let me ask another question. If you've ever had this still small voice inside or one piece that just makes you feel that you are in right standing with God. Raise your hand up. Raise your hand. Let me see. You just know generally ah, inside. Ah, You just know that me and God, we day corner to corner. Let me see your hand. So let me tell your Neighbor, neighbor, That is how you knew. The Bible says it very simply. It says that the Spirit of God does what? Bears witness with our spirit that we are what? So how do you know you're born again? It's the same way. The Spirit of God does what? Bears witness. What does it mean to bear witness? to confirm, to tell you it's okay. Are you with me? To tell you, to give you that peace that it's okay, you are doing well. Are you with me? So the Spirit of God bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. So when you ask God for forgiveness, how do you know you're forgiven? The spirit of God does what? Bear witness with your spirit that you are forgiven. Are you with me? And so because you are forgiven, you can now walk in that boldness or walk in that understanding with God. Are we together? So if God has forgiven you, Why won't you forgive another? So here are some things about unforgiveness. And why we should actually consider the path of forgiveness rather. How many of you know that unforgiveness leads to suppressed anger? The person do it on the first time. Say, okay. You never forgive. or You just, you just shake body. Oh, wahala, I'll wait for you. He does it the second time. Okay. Does overlooking something mean forgiveness? Does it? So, guess what? Many a times when people do things against you and you overlook, you have not forgiven. You know what you've done? You've taken a bottle and you've put it in and screwed it up. And you kept the bottle somewhere. He does another one. You bring it. You open it. You pack it. You put it inside. You screw it. This is very common with spouses. Husband and wife. He or she does another one. You take it. Ah, this time you're almost going boiling. You open the bottle. After all, they say, women should be what? Submissive. You put it inside the bottle. You screw it. You keep it. Then one day, one day, he just made a simple joke. And the joke was the last one that entered the bottle. But the pressure was too much. So the bottle went... Bowl, and unfortunately, you are cooking that day, and then the pepper and salt c- continues like this, like this, like this, until you have served him the food, and he had taken a few rounds down before he realized that he's sitting at the toilet for the rest of the day. What cost it? Unforgiveness. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Or it just, something just happened. You just said something and the next thing you just went boom! And you are your hand to wear. The truth is when you want to settle the matter, you ask yourself, is it what he said or what she said that made you raise your hand? And even you'll be looking at yourself, you'll be wondering, it doesn't add up, right? You know what has caused it? Series of bottled unforgiveness. Or maybe someone like Brother John, who is very annoying. He didn't come to choir practice today. Or yesterday. Next week he did not show up. He was supposed to take solo. He did not show up. Then he's just coming to church late today. And the next day. John. Is it he's coming late. That made it happen. No. You have been doing what? Bottling it up. John repent. <laughs> Don't mind me. I just use them the joke. Hallelujah. But you see, whenever you overlook something, it doesn't mean you have forgiven. In fact, if you go back to the definition of forgiveness, it says consciously meaning you do not just push it aside. When you want to forgive, you must consciously or Tackle it head on. Are you with me? Forgiveness is not something you push aside or say, Don't worry, don't worry. If person tell you say, Don't worry, ah, you better worry. You know, today I, I just thought of this thing, but maybe for another time. There's this we, we take couples through this five ways of apology. Understanding how your spouse or how someone else accepts apology. The people that tell you, Don't worry, leave it. Ah they are the worst people on earth. <laughs> if they tell you don't worry, better worries need and there, eh? And say you are going nowhere <laughs> eh? until something happens. The ones that tell you, oh, okay, you just apologize and they're fine, they're good. There are some good ones like that. But the ones that look at you, they've not told you they've forgiven you. They just look at you and ease. I'll tell you, don't worry. Please, go and wait for them at home and bring a peace offering as you are coming. Because when your cup is full... Uh, it becomes a difficult thing. And you'll be wondering, what really have I done? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Medical studies have asso- that have been associated with unforgiveness shows that about 61% of cancer patients are suppressed. Anger or low self esteem or bitterness or depression, anxiety or heart disease are all related to unforgiveness. Praise the Lord. Has someone ever done something so painful to you? that you started tasting something bitter in your mouth. How many of you have experienced it? Ah, That's where the root word of bitterness comes from. (laughs) Medically, it's simply chemical reactions that have so happened in your body that your body is releasing bile to your mouth. But guess what? this bitterness the person don't do it he don't pain you he pain you you sit down think 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 think, think. Hallelujah. You know, someone does something to you and it's so painful. You sit and you're thinking, you're thinking, you're thinking, you're thinking and you have thought and thought and thought to the extent that they carry you to the hospital. They do all the checks and they say there is nothing wrong with you but you cannot eat, you cannot sleep, you cannot do, you are just there. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What we don't realize about unforgiveness is this. Unforgiveness does nothing to the other person. Hello? Hello? Let me turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, now you they suffer. Unforgiveness brings suffering to you. Not the long suffering of Christ. Hallelujah. Guess what? The person who suffers as a result of unforgiveness is you. The person who spends long, unproductive hours thinking and, you know, groveling about nothing is who? It's you. The other person wakes up, does his or her pancake and does what? Strolls to work. Maybe when the person is even dressing up, you are just there. He did not even recognize what he has done. Women, how dare he? The guy wakes up, enters the bathroom, shh, comes out, and he's about going, and you're just there rolling on the bed from one side to the other and wondering, can't he realize he has just done something? And the guy says, "Honey, see you later," and you're like, "See who later?" <laughs> Meanwhile. He doesn't even realize he has done. <laughs> Empire, I also call you to come and preach this message with me. <laughs> because it seems you have your own audience. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But guess what? If there's an issue, forgiveness says, consciously go to him or her. Honey, what do you do? I know. But guess what? You expect the person to do what? To know. You see, unfortunately, we are somewhat justified. So, you see, this is the bad part about forgiveness. We are actually justified with many of these actions. And you know why we are justified? I'll tell you. If someone you don't know steps on your foot in a busy marketplace, what is the most reaction you're going to have? Help me, please. What's the most reaction you're going to have? You're either going to, ah, didn't you see me? Why did you step on my foot, right? Would you address the issue immediately or would you hold it? You address it immediately, right? So, why would your wife do something and you hold it? Huh? <laughs> why would you hold it when the husband does something? So, if I'm to read your mind, though I can't, number one, he should know better, right? Right? Number two, the African regular culture is that you are not too forward or a brush to address every issue. If not, they say you are too forward, right? Help me with number three. Patience. Oh. Oh, God is trying to build patience in me. So, where's that my bottle? Patience. You drop it in, right? Aha. So, you beautiful one because you see, sometimes we think we're building patience but we're compounding unforgiveness. There's a difference. So, guess what? Patience, if I'm to quickly address that, patience would be father you're trying to teach me patience and so this issue comes up rather than me being brushed to address the issue in an ugly manner I should address the same issue in a different manner so let me quickly use the um an example Reverend Rita did used some months ago when she was teaching she said she had this friend who was very quick in terms of lashing out at the husband. And any little thing, she would have lashed out. And she started praying for herself, for God to teach her patience. And so, guess what? This man started doing more things, more annoying things. And there was a time he was just going on and on and on about something and she was there, and she practically did this. Look at what she did. She practically did this. Why? Because she knew if she had let go of that hand, (laughs) there would have been tongues of fire. So, patient meant hold the lips so that nothing comes out. And then later in the evening, she went back, when she was now calm, she went back to address the issue. And she actually discovered there was really nothing to it at the end of the day. But guess what? If she had responded back immediately, what would have happened? World War III. And that would have led to another thing and to another thing, and to another thing. Praise the Lord. So, back to our initial question. Why is it that a stranger easily would harm or do something, and you would take it calmly, or you would react but not hold it for another one week? It's your husband here? He's not around. But well, he goes to work on Sunday and he comes back and you are throwing face at him. Aha. Do you do that? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you feel, ah, this matter. I've spoken to him severally, but he doesn't listen. And so rather than looking, praying and looking for a better way to address that issue, you hold it, bottle it up until one day he just does it again. For some of you, some of you very clean, prim and proper wives, some of you do not like it when your husband comes into the house and does this, just removes and you know, And in your mind, you are like, here we go again. Am I the cleaner? Or am I a wife? And you keep bottling it up and bottling it up and bottling it up. And maybe one day, you guys were having a wonderful time. You've just had a wonderful time and you're coming back into the house and as he's removing the tie, (laughs) you you tell yourself, we are ready for you today. And you tell him, did you marry a wife or you married a house cleaner? And he's looking at you. And he you said, I'm not your house cleaner. I'm not your house help. And you go on and on and maybe for 30 minutes the guy is wondering, please, what, someone should help me. It's my tie. I'm just trying to remove it. <laughs> he's strangling me but the reaction I'm getting from this woman is as if I have cheated. Hallelujah. You see? So, why do we react that way? Let me answer that question first. Why? It's annoying. Correct. I like that. That's, that's a woman who has gone through many of such. Husband repents huh? Yeah. <laughs> if you flip it the other way, right? So, why, why do we take such offense? So, this is what I'm trying to get at. When he's a stranger, we tend to overlook. Sometimes, strangers come into our house. Our, some of us have this rule in our houses that you cannot wear a footwear into the house. But strangers come into the house with a dirty footwear, sits down and enjoys himself and goes out and all in it, you're just, hi, hey, you want iced tea or you want, your husband comes in and you're like, ouch! <laughs> oh, he knows the rules. <laughs> ah. So why is the pain? Is the question I'm asking? Why the pain? Why does it hurt you so much? Huh? Okay. He should know you better. Yes, sir. Okay. He should know what you like and what you don't like. How many of us agree with faith? All right. Another reason. Okay, a stranger is not familiar, but you are familiar. So, once you are familiar with someone, it means he should pay you the more. Huh? You take it personal. Sorry? You have to work together. (laughs) But he at least, is either he has at one time helped to sweep the floor or help to provide money that buys the broom to sweep the floor or has contributed something. Is that not working together? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> All right. So you see, the reason the pain and the hurt comes is because we are emotionally invested in that situation, person, or circumstance. Are you with me? You're emotionally invested. That's why it's annoying. That's why it's painful. So, you look at, and you see, when you're emotionally invested in somebody you are actually giving a part of your life to that person. Or when you're emotionally invested in a situation or thing, you are actually giving a part of your life to that thing. Are you with me? So, guess what? When the person does something contrary to what you want or something contrary to what you have agreed or something contrary to how you guys have said this is how it should be, it's going to be painful. It's going to hurt. Why do you think when a guy, for example, leaves a woman or leaves a lady for another person, there's usually heartbreaks? It's emotions that have been invested. Hello? Emotions have been What? invested. So, take for example, I had this friend in school who had, you know, he was one of the early ones who started dating. And he's dated this girl from year one. She was in medicine. And they had dated, guess how many years, for about 10 years. In fact, when I learned that they broke up, even me, he paid me. <laughs> he was my, they were both my friends. And you know, we had mothered them and we were like, oh, ah, one and two. Throughout school, one and two, one and two. And they kept the faith. So after 10 years, we're not just going our separate ways. How? Are you with me? That person has 10 years of your life. Hallelujah. Or you are raising a child and you have told your child severally, please do not do this. And the child does it. As a parent, why do you think you are annoyed? I don't know other children that are doing the same thing. Other children are not doing it. So why are you annoyed your child is doing it? Because you are emotionally invested and you want to control the outcome. And so you feel when the person goes against you or goes against what you have said, they are taking the control of the outcome away from your hands. Are you with me? And so you are annoyed. You are pained. You are bitter. And guess what? You have a right to. Because emotions don't come cheap. Are you and me? Even in the business world today, the skills that is rated the highest today in the business world is what? It's EI, emotional intelligence. Yes. Emotional intelligence is the skills that is rated the highest in the business world. I thought it would be innovation. <laughs> I thought it would be something else. But guess what? It came down and this is something that even Google researched on a few years ago google is practically an engineering company you can go back and read this and you know at that point they felt why do they need managers they needed more engineers to be innovative to bring out the latest this the latest that and all of those things and they thought they didn't need managers because managers majorly work with soft skills right And they actually put it into action for about, I think they did the research for five years. Spent a lot of money only to discover at the end of the day that most of the lines and most of the products they removed the managers from and left only the engineers failed. It became catastrophic regardless of how good the products were. And when they looked versus the other places where they left the managers they discovered that the only difference was what soft skills emotional intelligence someone that will come when you come in the morning they say ah how you doing how's everything how's the wife how's the baby Ah, how is the baby sleeping? Is it disturbing you? You know, and just have a chit-chat for five minutes and moves to work. Is that all? But that was what made the difference. So, when the managers interacted along the lines of emotional intelligence, they discovered that the productivity was a lot higher and where you had just the engineers. Hi. Bah! New product! Fantastic! Good! Cheers! Bye! You're home. No happy birthday. No what's going on. Nothing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You see, it would hurt when you're emotionally invested so you have a right to hold back are you with me you have a right to hold back but you see the the sad part of it is that when you hold back from forgiving someone else you suffer you get pained. You get angry. You have high blood pressure. You get depressed. You get sick. Are you with me? Not the other person. So guess what? We has hurt me. And I'm boiling. Who is boiling? Him or me? Who will get sick after boiling? So, unforgiveness, guess what? It's like taking poison and I'm expecting Dammy to die. Ah, I'm taking this poison, Dami, he ah, just does die. Who is going to die? It's what you do when you harbor unforgiveness. When you hold unforgiveness, you are drinking poison and expecting someone else to feel the effect. It's part of the reason God doesn't answer all these die-by-fire prayers. I hope I've not touched somebody just now. All your enemies should die, right? Okay. God has forgiven them. <laughs> You're praying for them to die. God has forgiven them. Which one is going to work? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, when when Peter came to Jesus and said, Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother when they hurt me? I'm sure Peter must have really had a very stubborn brother. Very stubborn one. But the truth is, everything about unforgiveness doesn't help us. Some of us, we hold unforgiveness so much that we begin to have ulcers. We can't eat. And so, the pain is so bad that we're not eating while our bodies is producing bile we're bitter and the bile is digesting our stomach or the walls of our stomach so bile is acidic bile produces high contents of acid and it goes in there and begins to digest the walls or the linings of the stomach that's how also comes part of it So, who's suffering? Is it all? Please, reason with me. Is it it just that we like suffering? Huh? Do we just like it? So, the question, uh, help me ask your neighbor again. Neighbor? Neighbor? Neighbor. Help me look at them with the corner eye. Neighbor? Neighbor? Why won't you just forgive? hallelujah hallelujah let me read something for you in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 to 15 amplify it please it says pursue peace with all people with how many people with only your husbands with only your wives with only outsiders with all people and what holiness without which no one will see the Lord looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up Cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. You see, one of the things bitterness or unforgiveness does, because unforgiveness, the root cause of bitterness is actually unforgiveness. So, one of the things it does is that it defiles many people, not just you or the person you are holding a grudge against. You know why and how? Because when you're bitter, the next person you're going to interact with is going to be defiled. You know why? When the person says hi, you say, I'm so? Are you with me? when you hold something some of you someone might have broken your heart and they've moved on but you're still holding against that person when god brings your husband how would you react to him are you with me how do you think you react to him with bitterness and then you go back on your knees praying god tells you have answered your prayers Now you drive on by yourself. Are you with me? When you hold that root of bitterness, the next person, someone has duped you. Fine, move on. But when you hold unforgiveness, it produces hate, mistrust, the next person you're going to deal with who would have brought a million dollars contract for you you treat the person anyhow and guess what the person takes his contract and goes somewhere else by just one cause you have defiled many are you with me this morning Mark eleven twenty five and twenty six the passions translation please if you have it. New King James says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have against anyone, anything against what anyone anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also do what? But if you harbor unforgiveness, what will happen? We don't like that part. (laughs) If you harbor unforgiveness, you're only setting yourself up for failure. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord praise the lord and you see from some of the things you have said whether you want however you want to look at it physically, spiritually unforgiveness is dangerous. Are you with me? Unforgiveness is dangerous it's terrible it's not what you need is not what you should be dealing with Yes is it is it is it hurtful yes we know is it painful yes we know Do you have a right to hold the grudge yes Are you justified to be hurt yes Do they deserve it no They don't deserve it. So you see that logically, and this is part of the part I'm going to continue from next week, for us to understand what forgiveness really is. Because guess what? Humanly speaking, you cannot forgive. Are you with me? You need to realize that. Humanly speaking, you as a person cannot forgive because really let's look at the indices is it painful did they hurt you should you break their heads thank you should you do them back in fact in the law of Moses what did he say you do me Some people who added God no go (laughs) vex but that's just to tell you the regular human anatomy and reaction but if you really look at the dangers of unforgiveness the reverse question comes to mind why should you die for another person if the person has hurt you who should die if the other person has done wrong, who should carry the burden? The person. But unfortunately, because it doesn't work that way, when the person hurts you, who bears the heart? Who bears the heart? Who doesn't sleep? Is you. Who doesn't eat? Is you who looks at the person and the next thing your whole day is spots is you or you just see a phone call or a message ah it's you so really if you are the person that goes through all this pressure and all this pain and all these issues is it really worth it help me ask your neighbor is it worth it is it worth it? You know, some of us I'm just it just flashed through my mind now. You know, thank God for God. You know, if I were God, if you do me that you are going to ensure the pain, now you go feel the pain. I go to cruise. Until I release you, nothing they happen. <laughs> I'm sure if God gave many of us that power, what would you do? Ah! Gang, gang. Some of us will show some people, pep, pep. Right? But you see, God is God. God did not do it that way. No remote control. (laughs) So, if you want to be set free, you have to let go. Come and tell your neighbor if you want to be set free, you have to let go. Come and rise up on our feet this morning. Thank you for listening to the CGMI Living Springs Godful podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at CGMI underscore L Springs.